have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm sitting to the left of the gripping Glenn Stansberry. <laughs> Ooh, gripping. Spooky. You really hold hold everybody's attention. Mm. Yeah. You know, like wow. a modern, modern day Vincent Price or something wow. like that. Thank you, Brian. I thought it was gonna be something like a A modern day Elvira. Ooh, I could I could go for that. <laughs> I think. That just confused my sensibilities. <laughs> I thought, gonna, greatly. I thought you were going to call me Horseface. No. Horseface Glenn Sansbury. No, of course okay. not. I wouldn't do something like that. <laughs> and speaking of things that we wouldn't do, uh, we are co-founders of a site called Gentleman.com. Gentleman.com is a site that's multifaceted. Mm. There's a lot of different things going on on Gentleman.com, and many of them are interesting and exciting. They tickle all your senses. They'll tickle many of your senses. That's true. Smell is hard. Smell is difficult to do, but I think we could probably pull that off in uh, Gentleman 2.01, version 2.01. Scratch and sniff. Which we're working on. Um, Ooh, I've said too much. Yeah, we've, we don't want to give the uh, tech <clears> away. <throat> yeah. Please don't tell any investors that we're working on that. Um, but uh, the point is, uh, if you're interested in, if interested in uh, fun stuff, interesting stuff, uh, learning things, being... Uh, amused by things, enjoying mm. things, mm-hmm. living life to its fullest, then stop on over to gentleman.com because we got a lot of stuff for you to check out. And uh, once you do that, look, you're going to be uh, just heavily invested and all in. You know, We don't have an IPO or anything like that coming out soon. Or an IPA. An IPA. <laughs> no IPOs, no IPAs in the near future. <laughs> but... Uh, what you can do is invest a little bit more and he- head on over to podcast.gentleman.com where you can check out 144 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. I would say heavily invest in that by listening to all 144 of them, and then you're going to be steeped in gentleman knowledge. Now, uh, after you've done those two things, you're going to want to get in touch with me and Glenn. I can guarantee it. Mm-hmm. I can foresee this future already. It's coming. And that's totally cool because we've set up a hotline that you can get in touch with me and Glenn at, at P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 66044. And uh, you and I and Glenn will all <laughs> converse we'll, via letters. We'll have a chin wag. The, the, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> the only way. The, the real way to, to uh, have a conversation these days. That's right. You know? Um, it's not via social networks or emails. Put pen to paper and send it over to me and Glenn. And we'll start a discourse about whatever you want. And we'll talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. We'll put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know is the Hall of Fame. Glenn and I will discuss it. We will send you something back in return, most likely. Yeah. And uh, failing that, look, we know not everybody wants to take the time to write a letter. That's fine. Look, we get it. It's a digital age we're living in, you know? It's a crazy world we're living in. Um, we have to be flexible. We can't rely on these uh, ways of the past all the time. 
You have to innovate. We have to innovate. We have to open it up change. to this uh, new generation. That's right. And so in respect of that, mm-hmm. to uh, you know, make sure that we uh, have a, a, a channel that's open to the kids these days, we started an email address. <laughs> this is a... Electronic mail is something that all the kids are using these days. You know, <laughs> all the teenagers that we're trying to market to with gentleman dot com, mm. they all have electronic mail accounts. So, <laughs> why is it so funny? Glenn and I, Glenn and I started one of those, <clears throat> and uh, it's called. It's you can get in touch with us apparently hmm. by sending an electronic mail to howdy at gentleman dot com. What do you say at? What do you mean by at? I don't know. Like you go there? I don't know or? how that works. Okay. I don't know. All I know about is addresses, physical addresses. But apparently that works. Somehow that get like we have somebody that apparently uh receives letters at that place and then uh they take those letters and they give them to us. Oh. So, so we, it's like a we, we get the letters. Postman? But yeah, it's like a digital postman that that the, mm. these people can send electronic uh the kids these days can send electronic mail over there. And then we get a physical copy of it, and then we will give the our we'll write out our on our typewriters we'll write out the the response or the handwritten, mm-hmm. and, and then we'll give it back to them, and then they'll put it back in, in, and apparently electronic mail these people back. Apparently, it's faster than um, than an email. I was going to tell you, I or was faster than a mail. Yeah, it's faster, and I, I was messing around with this electronic mail, mm-hmm. and it turns out you can also do this thing where you can carbon copy people, so you can send it to one person but carbon copy another person. Mm. Interesting. Via their address. Well, because we have that whole carbon copy machine where I'm where I right. type the thing out and it's got the sheet yeah. behind it with another yeah. piece of paper, so we have a copy of it. Just like the credit cards, like yeah. when you run your credit card. So they have a virtual for carbon, subscription carbon copy. Yeah, when we run the the, the machine. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, wow. So anyway, and then apparently there are these things called social networks, which apparently people like to do these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one called I think Facebook. Yeah. Which is kind of like a yearbook, I guess, yeah. as, as I understand it. Is the with Toastmasters ma- Club with many years? Yeah, the Toastmasters Club. The um, yeah, um, and then there's this thing called Twitter. Apparently, that oh, that I don't know anything. I, it sounds like a funny name, but apparently that's it's another social network that of people that it's like a bunch of people laughing. <sighs> I think so. I don't know. It's something about birds. There's something to do with that. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. And then the um, the, then there's the Players Club. Which is the which is another, another big social network apparently. Okay. I think they have a credit card that's supposed to be good. Okay. Um, anyway, um, let's move on, Glenn. That's you know that, that we just provided a lot of information there, and we can, we did. Uh, that's a lot of contact sure information. Did. There's a lot of different ways you can get a hold of us. Is the point? But Glenn, let's uh, <sighs> that's neither here nor there. Let's get into the meat of the episode, which is the drink of the week this week. Well, Brian, we have an interesting beer on tap. And it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna really test our our, our metal here mm. to try this. Now this is uh, a friend of mine sent me a picture of this beer. He went to the um, the the festival in Denver. Is it the Great American Beer Festival? Great American. It's the yeah craft brewing. I'm uh, just gonna say that that's the one beer festival in okay. Denver, Colorado this year. Right. And this beer that I have before me, the Two Hearted Ale by Bells. Um, won the Homebrewer Association's Best Brew of the Year. Okay. And 
um, so I saw at the liquor store and I said, oh, Brian and I got to put this through the basis. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes and sense. And I buy it and I take it home and I pull it out of the fridge to come to Brian's house to record the podcast and I see in very small writing the bottom of the box, American IPA. It's called Two-Hearted Ale, but it's an American IPA. Mm. It's confusing. It is confusing. Even more confusing is that I looked online, I looked online, and there is no information about how many IPAs... IBUs? I mean, IBUs we're uh, we're dealing with here, Brian. Mm. I have carbs. I have calories. I have food pairings, but they won't tell me how many IBUs. So we're going to have to use our own beer Somali instincts to ascertain the IBU ratings. I think we can do that. I think we can do that. That's not going to be a problem. But this is uh, this comes highly touted. Um, it's an American IPA uh, with Centennial hops and uh, named after a river, a river in the Michigan Upper Peninsula. So, seven okay. percent alcohol. A little well, bit higher. That's a little higher. Um, Gun, I have. I have to tell you a story here before we before we before, before we crack these open. I have to tell you a story. Oh, okay. Let me uh, back here. Yeah. Uh, get, get a little closer to the fire. Okay. Here, I'm gonna <laughs> tell you a story. Um, I just came back from a week in Prague, and I oh I was prepared for the uh, drink of the week this week with two cans. Of Czech beer, um, Ooh. of the brand Kozel. Ooh, now um, we got to the airport in Prague to leave, and went through the duty three, duty free area. And naturally, I saw the cans of beer, and I know that there is a one liter limit on what you can bring into the country. Uh, their cans come in half liters, so two cans. Sweet, one liter. Uh, two cans, one liter, one gentleman podcast, uh, drink of the week, checked off the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Check. I che- <laughs> checked off the Check. list. So I packed up the Kozel, which was my favorite Pilsner while I was over there. Pilsner's name for a region in the Czech Republic where they invented Pilsner mm-hmm. beers. Uh, wow. Pilsner Urkel was the, the, is the big one over there, but that there's a, there's actual place region in the Czech Republic that that's named for because that's they invented the, that particular type of beer. So I got a hold of two of my favorite Pilsners and I was ready to bring them over to the Gentleman Podcast to do the thing. So we got on the plane in Prague. I got the duty-free bag. I put the things in there. Walked through security in Prague. No problem. Got on a plane. Flew to London. I uh, had to go through security again. Walked through security again with the, with the bottles or with the cans. No problem. Flew to Chicago. Uh... 15 hours later and uh, it wasn't 15 it was like 10 hours later but 10 hours later I walked into Chicago had to go through security again and this time they stopped me going through security and said we can't let you go in with these you can't come in with these and they give you a reason yeah they said that they couldn't see through them because they're aluminum cans so they they wouldn't let me go into the country with them and they said I know these are from duty free I know you bought them you know it's like certified and all this stuff Mm -hmm. He's like, we can't, we can't let you go. He said, you know, you can go outside and chug them if you want. <laughs> Tell me you did that. And uh, no, I did not. <laughs> this was like, uh, I don't know, ten o'clock at night after a ten-hour flight, and uh, they wanted me. There were two. I mean, it was basically two pints of beer, and it was like, you can go out and chug them if you want. I was like, I'm not going to go chug warm, warm, waters. or 
Pilsers. Two pints of warm beer before I go get on a plane. Um, and they, they both seem like a couple of people suggested, security people suggested I could go outside and chug it. And I, I declined. And they were surprised by that. But And so was I. But um, the point is, Glenn, I, I, I tried my hardest to get some Cozelle over here to try it out. I'm going to see if I can track it down somewhere in the States. We'll see what happens. Um, I put a strong effort into it. Brian, that is a sad tale. Tale of woe. It is. I, I was bummed. That was that was my favorite uh, Pilsner I had while I was over there. So I was really looking forward to getting it back here and, and trying it out. Um, yeah, you were in a country that invented Pilsner. So you were like in heaven, basically. Is that well, what you're saying? You know, it, it was interesting. Um, Prague, they, did, they, they do... Um, they did invent Pilsners and Pilsner you actually have to pay for water over there if you go to a restaurant mm. beer is actually cheaper than buying water wow and so um, they got it figured out they do have it figured out and so basically beer is like you know if you go to a normal restaurant it's about two, two fifty or something for a pint how much is a pint of water I don't know didn't matter I never had any water I never had any water while I was there so um <laughs> Uh, but the point is that, um, so yeah, you, you go to a restaurant and you um, <laughs> you basically just get a pint of beer. You start off with a pint of beer and you have your meal, you get more pints of beer, and that's how it works. Seems like a good idea. And uh, it, it was, it was. I, I feel like uh, the Czech people have this figured out. This is the way that things should be. You should walk into the restaurant and you should get basically immediately served, before your menu, you get... What would you like to drink? A beer? Okay. And then you go get a beer, and then you look at the menu. Makes sense to me. I think that's the way things should go. Um, Meanwhile, where we live, you can't buy beer after 7 o'clock on a Sunday. That's right. And uh, beer's $7 a pint. Yeah. And, uh, you know, et cetera. Anyway, point is, Glenn, uh, just wanted to relay that story that I, I tried my hardest to get this uh, thing ready to go, and uh, I failed. And so now we're stuck with this American IPA. We're, we're stuck with this award-winning American IPA. I'm sorry, Brian. It's a it's a small comfort, not a small comfort. It's a small consolation. It's small consolation, it but is. we'll do our best. Mm-hmm. And you know the show must go on, as they say. So I guess we'll give a few details about this beer. Seven percent alcohol by volume. So ABV kind of up there for a, a clear beer here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two hundred twelve calories. Per serving, mm, that's uh, yep. uh, seventeen carbs. Mm. If you're into counting carbs, I'm if not. you're on the keto mm-hmm. diet, it's probably not good for you. Um, I have no idea how many IBUs. It was nine ninety nine per six pack. A little higher, but, that's but all right. for an award winning beer, yep. you know, I'm willing okay. to. Uh, I'm willing to, you know, look the other way a little bit. Some impermissible pricing schemes, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Why do I always struggle with this, Brian? And it just pops right off like that. Thank you. <laughs> the Two-Hearted Ale. Bell's Brewing Company. I think we may have rated maybe one of their beers before. Mm-hmm. I believe so. I'm not sure which one But I think it, uh, it wasn't this one, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it, but no Stravi. Likewise. <laughs> that means to your health. Ah, thank you. Let's check for to your health. Check yourself. Well, that's an IPA. It's not a terrible one. I though. gotta say, that's pretty good for an IPA. I can see why it's winning awards. It's like a pale ale, but a little stronger than I probably would have liked. 
really floral. It's pretty smooth. Pretty, yeah, smooth though. All right, Glenn. Mm. Well, if you had to, uh, it's not bad. It's not bad. If you had to uh, put an arbitrary rating on this particular <clears throat> two hearted ale, what would you go with? Well, it's, like I said, it's hard for me. Uh, first of all, I'm a little miffed that this isn't actually an ale. Mm. It's a IPA. So yeah. I'm going to knock a couple points down for that little yeah. gaff. Makes sense. Um, also, uh, it's a little bit expensive. Nine ninety nine. Yeah. Our median is eight fifty. Yeah. And it's well above it. So with that in mind, I don't really like IPAs that much. This is pretty good for an yeah, IPA. It is very mm. smooth. I think I'm going to give it. Let's see here. I'm going to give it a seven point nine. Okay. I was going to go seven point eight. Yeah. Feel pretty good about this one, even though it's an IPA. We try to uh, be unbiased. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like we we can't really compare an IPA to something we have more of a predilection for, like a right Oktoberfest or something like that. So you really have say to take an it, ale, take it you know on its own merits. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Glenn. Okay, well that that's cool. Uh, we got that uh, sorted out, but uh, really doesn't matter at all because what we need to do is type all these facts in the MTS computer, in which I will do um, right now. Um, the MTS computer is the most dashboard skill computer. It is the infallible scientific blockchain Bitcoin. Um, machine learning artificial intelligence computer that we created to uh, devise perfectly scientifically provable beer ratings. Mm -hmm. Um, It's patent pending registered trademark copyright of uh, brisky business slash gentleman.com. We worked a long time on that one too. Yeah. Um, Patent office has taken a while to get back to us, but we understand there's a lot of tech to go over. Um, You know, probably some, uh, big tech companies are worried about if that patent's going to come through, you know. Um, Mr. Let's just say uh, a certain E. Musk has been kind of being down our door for a while. Right. Trying to get this uh, sorted yeah. out. But. Mm-hmm. Jeff B. I mean, uh, right. J. Be- Bezos. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, okay, Glenn. Well, let me type some facts yeah. into this computer. Uh, so he said that the alcohol by volume is 7%. I would put the IBUs at about a 22, maybe a 23.5, something in there. Maybe a 25. You think it's that low? It might be higher. What are you thinking? I was thinking in the 30s. 30s. That could be. That could be. It's hard to, it's really hard to tell. I think it, I think it matters more what type of hops is used than the the amount of hops. I think these are crystal, um, flophifer. Flophifer. With uh, some centennial, centennial, I yeah, yeah, I could see a little. The old hundred year, hundred year centennial, hundred year uh, hops philosopher. <laughs> that makes sense. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, um, what what other uh, facts do I have to type in here? So uh, the price was nine ninety nine. Let me type that in there. Nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, IBUs. It is the uh, we, we, the IBUs. I think we'll probably go thirty. I think you're probably right. They're probably a little bit up there. I don't know. And then. Um, also, this is a Midwestern beer company. Yes, so that's gonna, that helps. That could um, influence the uh, the situation there a little bit. Seventeen carbs a bottle. <clears throat> so just uh, type that into my weight tracker here. Now we just have to give the MTS computer one second, and it will print off something, and I will bring it back over, and then we will know for sure what the MTS scale. Oh. We, sh- we should add. It was misleading. False advertising. False advertising. Yeah, let me. Which is gonna I should put that factor in. in I yeah, think. Yeah. Let me 
Pull that okay. switch, then toggle. The misleading okay, toggle. Yeah, I clicked the, click the button. Okay, okay, yeah. so we're... Okay, so um, in a second here, we're going to have a printout um, from the MTS computer that will tell us exactly what the empirical score of the Bell's Two-Hearted Ale is. I got a feeling it's not going to crack the into the eights. I don't know. Sometimes the mustache twist scale computer surprises me, although not that much. <laughs> Have you ever been to Michigan? No. Like spent time there? Thought about it, but I haven't been up there yet. I haven't either. It's a state that I've wanted to go to for a long time. A lot of people say a lot of things about Michigan. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I think they do. Uh, they got the Great Lakes. They got what the Big House. Yeah, Michigan uh, University. The Wolverines. The Wolverines. I've always had a uh, you know, Sparty. Yeah, oh, Michigan State. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Kings well, rivals. Let me go get this uh, basketball printout from the uh, MTS computer here. Yes, K's rivals include Michigan State, K-State, and the FBI. Maybe yeah. uh, NCAA. And we'll, uh, we'll dive into that later <laughs> in the uh, bonus excerpt. Um, anyway, okay, I got, I got the, the report right here. Uh, hardbound, of course. Uh, it's amazing what the MTS computer is doing these days. It's uh, that is really a nice good. looking. It's, a, it's really well bound. Itself. Like it's well <laughs> like a design. It's yeah. totally amazing. I mean, really, kind of went through. Its algorithm getting so much better. Uh, if I can only find the actual rating here somewhere. Um, okay. Um, here we go. Okay. On page 317 of the appendix, uh, it turns out that the uh, mustache twist joke computer says that it's a 7.85. So, wow. You, you were correct. It didn't crack the 8s, uh, which makes sense. You know, this is this is not an 8-level beer. No. Although slightly lower than that. It's, but, it makes sense. Brian, we could... Well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I, I've, I've looked it up on uh, beersnob.com. Yes. Beer Our friends snobs. over at beersnob.com are, are good friends. And you know what, Brian? They've done it again. 15,000 ratings, basically, mm. from, the, from the beer snobs. Yep. And they've given it an 8.54. Wow. 8.54. Rated it outstanding. And uh, I, I, I don't get it. I mean, maybe you have to be IPA people. Well, maybe you have to be a snob. Maybe you have to be a snob. That's and, probably uh, a better. That's that's probably where we should leave that, Glenn. Uh, and now that we know that, let's move on with some interesting posts from gentlemen.com in the last two weeks or so. Sounds good. And uh, kicking it off is a post that I added to gentlemen.com. And I felt like this was an important uh, news flash. Uh, sometimes in life, you think things are done. <laughs> you think things are over. And just at the last minute. There's no way they're coming back. Uh, the last minute. Uh, you know, like a like a horror movie, that last gasp pops up from the from the lake, and uh, here it is. And uh, this is this this is an article from Popular Mechanics, and it says uh, Winamp is coming back in 2019. Whoa! Now some people some people may not recognize the name Winamp. It was a. Uh, <laughs> It was a, I want to say it was probably 1995 to 1999, 
kind of situation where um, no, it was 1997, um, 1997 to the early 2000s. Uh, but WinAmp was a computer program where you basically organized all your illegal MP3s. You know what I mean? Illegal. Well, uh, you know, the MP3s that you got from your CDs, you could put on... That you had bought. Yes, that you had purchased. Yeah. Um, and it had some perks. Mm-hmm. Like a graphic equalizer and some sweet skins. The skins were what it was the, all the, about. There was 15 million different skins <laughs> that you could put on your thing. Uh, and I used Winamp a little bit, but I was I was never that attached to it. But I had I knew people that were pretty attached to it, um, pretty pretty into it. Um, but anyway, the point is okay. So this is just like the '90s and early 2000s were just like the wild west for software. So for um, music, this for... this this guy <laughs> created Winamp basically in his bedroom in Indiana or something. Um, I'm making that up, but basically <laughs> Justin Frankel, Michigan. Uh, he was in Utah, not Whoa. Indiana. I'm sorry. Uh, he 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 built this uh, music player, and he uh, he put it out there. It became very successful. Null Soft, which was described as a grungy play on Microsoft, uh, <laughs> put this out there, and eventually Null Soft sold for a hundred million dollars. To some company, which is insane, and uh, there, uh, there before the grace of Nolsoft went Winamp with, mm. for a hundred million dollars, and so uh, this other company had it, and then it changed hands again, and now uh, this company Radioonomy, Radio Radio Radioonomy, uh, owns Winamp, and their CEO Alexander Sabajian. Bought Winamp in 2014, and in an interview with TechCrunch, he says, you can listen to, in the upcoming version of Winamp, you will be able to listen to MP3s that you may have at home, but also to the cloud, to podcasts, to streaming radio stations, Whoa. to a playlist that maybe you built. Wow. So all kinds of stuff. Um, the so they're cloud. excited about this. So uh, apparently there's been a small but loyal following. Uh, very, very small. Winamp stopped at version 5.8 and apparently obviously support has dropped for it you know all this time uh but the point is um they are coming out with a win app 6 by 2019 he says that uh you know it's time time's now Winamp 6 is coming out so if you were a fan of that uh that time period from like 1998 to 2003 and you're a big Winamp fan then you're you're in luck because it sounds like you might be able to get some of that nostalgia back. Brian, let me ask you an honest question here. How many MP3s do you currently have? They're all. I mean, they're basically all. From, I'm, I'm being serious now. They're basically all from CDs. I didn't ever get too from, far. So from this time period. Yeah, I didn't ever get too far into Napster very much because yeah, yeah. I, I owned so many CDs yeah. and bought CDs, and I just I felt weird about stealing music, basically. Yeah. Uh, I was just curious. I, I, we have, I don't think I have any more MP3s left. I mean, I think they exist on an iPod, right? Somewhere that Lynn has that she listens to every now and again. But I think this computer has a bunch of local music. Yeah. The only time you notice the MP3s not being around is when you're on a plane. Yeah. And you try to 
Yeah. Know, like on my, on my phone, I used to have 30 gigabytes worth of MP3s. Yeah. That if my phone was, you know, offline, I could, I had my entire library of music nice. right there. And then, but somewhere along the lines, it was like, do you want to just upload all this stuff to the cloud? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And then all of a sudden they're magically gone. And so, yeah. yeah. And, and then it's like, you can access them when there's an internet connection, but sometimes there's not. So. That's the only time I notice it, but yeah, MP3s. You don't really see that acronym thrown around very often. No, you don't. Uh, or uh, listening to the cloud, right? Um, so anyway, streaming radio stations. Streaming, yeah. Okay, that sounds like stuff. an interesting new new format. Of- I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> I am intrigued. Color me intrigued. Yes, indeed. <laughs> or. Perhaps the playlist you built. Maybe a playlist <laughs> that I built. I've built some playlists. I've before. built some playlists in my day. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Okay, wow. so anyway, Glenn. Winamp uh, version 6 coming in 2019. So. Will it look the same? Will it have the same look and feel? I hope they have some skins. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. 15 million. It's going to take a while to pump all those out. There's not any skins anymore. You know, Gentleman offers several different skins. Yep. Uh, yeah. Which you can download and uh, install. The Mars skin. Yep. Green slime. Yeah. The Green Day skin. Green Green Day skin. Yep. That's a good one. Oh, boy. Uh, yep. Dookie. All right. So, the next tech we have... Yeah, the next tech we're going to feature is by Zamoose. The one and only Zamoose has posted this. And it's mm-hmm. titled, Meet the Beer Bottle Dictator. From the website, thedailybeast.com. And... We are presented with the tale that um, Kent there there is a United States employee, and he is uh, part of the TTB Tax and Trade Bureau, which is a secretary, which is a section of the Treasury Department. And Mister Mister Martin is uh, he's like an iconic figure in and craft beer circles because. Basically, if you own a craft beer company, in order for you to name it, you have to run not only the name, but the label by Mr. Martin. He's the only one. This is like a single point of failure, right? And he will approve or deny your beer name and bottle um, wrapping uh, based on any number of factors that aren't really written down. It's basically up to his discretion. And... uh, Anyway, so the article, they've interviewed a few uh, craft brewers, and they talk about tales of him, like, you know, he'll send out, uh, you know, approvals at, like, 5 in the morning, or 3 in the morning, or 1 in the, you know, these oddball hours, and he, and he um, his office that he worked for uh, says that he put out, he approved 29,500 um, beer bottles last year. 29,000, Brian. That's a lot per day. Uh, I kind of figure always shows up in like a suit uh, to these like trade shows. And anyway, it's interesting to read. He's an interesting fellow. And um, yeah, it sounds like a guy you don't want to cross if you're in the, the industry. Yeah, they had a, um, this is a, this is a really interesting story. Um, Mr. Martin prefers to go by the name Battle. <laughs> they don't give me that ex- says a lot right there. <laughs> they don't give any explanation for why this guy's nickname's Battle, but he really likes it it's because um, 
somebody had their label turned down by him for some reason and they wanted to contact him and, and talk to him about it. So they called him up and, uh, the, the brewer said he, you know, he wanted to be prepared and be respectful. And so they, he called him up and he said, Mr. Martin, you know, and started a conversation and Mr. Martin stopped him and said, call me battle. And so the brewer was like, is that uh, first name? Uh, Last name? Okay, well, that's, you know, I can, I, okay. And so that and the conversation went forward. Um, but Mr. Battle is apparently very known for uh, turning things down for very strange reasons. I, there were several things about, you know, there was one thing that was a uh, Queen of Hearts ale or right. something like that. And heart means that you're saying that the beer is a health benefit it improves to health, hearts. Yeah. Uh, and no, it's a queen of hearts, like the card game. And, and it's so, beer. And it's beer. <laughs> Which has um, never helped your heart. So I think I would, I would like to say that Mr. Uh, Martin. We'll call him Martin. Just call him Martin. Just yeah. one more. I, you know. Um, you know, uh, I think he might be a little bit itchy on the trigger finger of uh, calling marketing uh, a bad thing on beers. you, you got to turn some stuff down. Right. Because if you approve everything, right. then right. you don't have a job. Right. You know what I mean? Like, everything yeah. goes through. It's like, why are yeah. we having you look at this stuff if you're not disapproving of stuff? So he's got to find things that's wrong with these packaging. But to me, I'm thinking there's 30000 per year. You know, that's a hundred a day. Maybe they should break it up to a few different people as opposed to having um, Mr. Battle uh, <laughs> handle all these situations. It seems pretty weird. Uh, there's a lot of craft brewers. There's a lot. Now. Every time they, they have packaging, he's got to look over it and make sure it's all good. It seems like one dude doing that is not a good situation. He, just, You know, we've all worked with or for these people Yes, that take themselves just a little too seriously mm-hmm. they have some position you know and they're like that's me this is be who up i am five in the morning looking at these beer labels I'm, i mean and when you know if this guy heaven forbid ever loses his job like that's gonna be a hard day for him yeah because right? this is how he identifies himself right he's the he's the where beer do you monger. Go? where do you go where do you go for the you can't go home you know where, where do you go who from, says you can't go home but where where do you go from uh beer label uh, approver Sultan yeah See, I mean maybe I don't know I'm not sure I'm sure there's a job in government that's there's a one to one move mm-hmm. there a lot yeah. of move but I'm I'm with you Brian I uh, yeah it, this is this is a weird I, I thought it was kind of like a hoax kind of like this. there's no way this can be right that the US government I mean the craft brewing he gives a stat here the craft brewing industry is a multi-billion dollar industry I thought I gave a more specific number multi-billion with the B yeah, and there's one dude saying yes, no, yes, no, yes, yeah. maybe. There's yes. one. Mm-hmm. Um, what if he's sick? You know, like what if he? You know, anyway. I guess he's probably in the hospital bed doing the approvals. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Or denials. No. Okay. Well, uh, that's good to know. Uh, the gentleman IPA might be um, delayed by our label approval process. We could just uh, get our legal beagles on the case and. Mm. Uh, See if we can uh, go re- go renegade on. Uh, It'll only take a few years in that case. What if you called a beer the no name beer, and then I was I'm all worried because I had this idea <laughs> for the standard ale. 
the standard like ale. The standard <laughs> ale. Which is like just the, the nice, the, you know. Yeah, the standard pills. You know, the standard. But I feel like maybe uh, Battle would have a problem with that name. Mm. Yeah, you know? standard is a reference to oil and oil. Standard oil. Yeah, oil is uh, not not you know supported as an ingredient of beer. There's no oil in beer. Yeah. So so that could be a problem. Anyway, Glenn. Okay. Well, let's hope uh, not. I'm still working on my standard ale, so um, hopefully we'll get approval by Battle, who I know is listening to this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, anyway, Glenn, let's uh, move on to the next and final attack that we're going to talk That's about. That's a good idea, Brian. We have, next up, we have a attack from this uh, random gentleman user named Zamoose. Oh. Zamoose, again. Never heard of him. Uh, posted a fantastic article very uplifting. Uh, in fact, this was almost our toast for the week, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have a different one. But th- this was in the yeah. running, and it's titled, it's German Athlete Banned from All-You-Can-Eat Restaurant for Eating Too Much. Uh, this is like a running joke. Like, you know... I've, like I've Homer heard, Simpson. Yeah, or I've heard a yeah. Yo Mama joke like that, right. you know, kind of went along these lines right. in my day. But, uh, yeah, Homer Simpson, I think, he did the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, seafood restaurant. Yeah, uh, the clam. Oh, you eat, or, all, yeah, all yeah. you eat. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is just like that. Uh, uh, the German triathlete Jaroslav Bobrowski. Yeah, Jaroslav. he paid. Yeah, it's awesome. Fifteen point nine zero euros, or eighteen forty nine for you uh, Americanos, uh, to pay, to uh, for a bottomless meal of sushi. Um, and what this meal contain, contains is, um, eat, there's plates of sushi and the sushi has about, um, I think it said like three little rolls on it and he ate a hundred of those plates, which much to the chagrin of the owner and the owner said, you know, they interviewed him he's like, look, we have these specials because we make all our money on the alcohol and this guy doesn't even drink any alcohol like because he's a, not having any alcohol no he's a triathlete he's in training and, right. ba- and and on top of that he also follows a very strict diet he he's he intermittent fast so he goes 20 hours of the day without eating and then for four hours he sits in running sushi uh the restaurant in the city of Landshut, and uh and gobbles down basically eats for four hours straight and uh yeah, so um, that's quite amazing. Mm-hmm. They think he ate somewhere in the realm of 18 pounds of sushi. Um, yeah. Now, so I have to, in, in defense of Yaroslav, okay, <laughs> I have to say that, look, I've, I've gone to the Pizza Hut buffet before, and I don't know if it was 18 pounds, but I've I put away some... Slices of thin Man. and crispy pizza. Oh the, yeah, on the pizza. Hut Get your buffet. money's worth. I thought you weren't a buffet never, guy. Well, I'm not. You take exception, but <laughs> if we're talking about Pizza Hut here, <laughs> I'm gonna put my feelings aside. Uh, so look, Yurislav. You know, I, I will say that he he realized his mistake and he apologized to the to the owner of the restaurant. Why would you apologize? I'm really sorry for eating your, you know, well, paying the Well, a hundred plates might be excessive. It's not like he was throwing them in a bag. He ate them. He did eat them. I mean, think, 18 pounds. Think about this. Like, 
at what point does he have? Let me put this delicately. Get up and go to the bathroom to like, you know, make room for dessert. You know what I mean? Like I, uh, I don't know how to answer that question. For the second, like ten pounds of sushi. Uh, I don't know. Um, but uh, he definitely got his money's worth. And I wonder how much money that costs. Uh, you know. I wonder how much money that cost the restaurant. I'm not sure. I I don't know, but uh, it's nice that he he recognized that he he, he realized he he did a, a bad bad thing. He did not do a bad thing. This guy. Well, <laughs> might have been a little excessive. Maybe about half, maybe like fifty plates. You might say, okay, well, you know, fifty plates. <laughs> yeah, thirty plates. That's that's thirty <laughs> plates. Get get away with that. They said okay. The owner said that he ate about. Tw- uh, five people's worth of servings. Oh, well, that's not too bad. Really. Seriously, like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it sounds like a lot. I mean, 120 plates of something sounds like a lot. Well, so what, they lost out on 100 bucks or something? Yeah. I don't know. I'd be signing that guy to, like, an, an endorsement deal. Sushi monster. <laughs> There's some billboards up on the... Yeah, really. There's a way to work around that, I think. Come on. Everybody could be happy. Well, anyway, I think I think he apologized, and the owner uh, took it to heart, and he um, they they made up because Yuroslav <laughs> was a regular at this restaurant. <laughs> he was a he was a nice regular. He yeah. showed up all the time, and so he he really I think he maybe lost his way there during the. It's a, it was after a loss in the yeah. triathlete event. He drowned his sorrows yeah, in some sushi. I'm gonna have a lot of sushi. Um, so oh, anyway, well, I love sushi. I could. I did too. I could overeat it, you know. And I, we went to Seattle this past summer. Mm. We went to a sushi restaurant where they had the plates that rotate around. Yeah, just there's off. one of those in Lawrence. Oh yeah, I forgot they yeah. they added the, um, yeah. and but the the challenging part was we went with two small children who kept oh, grabbing things and like, yeah, that makes it all that right. was a little stressful. But yeah, yeah, sushi's real easy to to overeat on, mm-hmm. especially if it's good. Yeah, no kidding. I sympathize with this guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, so anyway, uh, well, uh, well done, Yurislav and restaurant for uh, coming together and solving that problem. Uh, okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the uh, toast this week, and uh, you know, this week it's we're leading up to Halloween here, mm. and uh, it's right around the corner. There's a couple of couple of guys that just make my Halloween every year really special, and. Uh, that's Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. Yes. Uh, two of my favorite movies during the Halloween times are Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. and Hot Fuzz, uh, which uh, they have a... These two guys are buddies in real life, and they have a, a really good chemistry, and they do uh, really well together on screen uh, in both of those movies. And uh, they have a new movie coming out called Slaughterhouse Rules, which seems to get back to the kind of the roots of some of the stuff that they've done. They, I, uh, I watched uh, World's what, End. World's End, and it's like little, it's, maybe it's getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah, that's uh, taking it a little too far. They, you know, uh, that that was the end of the trilogy between uh, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. Mm-hmm. Were all directed by Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright, yeah, and starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and. This is not directed by Edgar Wright. Slaughterhouse Rules is not, but it does bring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost together again, 
and uh, they're in a familiar horror movie situation. And uh, so anyway, it's uh, it's a new movie coming out here pretty soon. I'm looking forward to watching it. Um, probably going to catch it in the theaters. Should be a good one. Um, looks like, you know, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost getting back to their old ways. They're such a good combo. Mm-hmm. Shaun of the Dead is great. I think I like Hot Fuzz more. I think yep. it's a, I, I I won't say it's more clever. I think it's just they hit their stride a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. But Shaun of the Dead is such a great movie. Well, have you? Did you ever watch Spaced? Uh, I don't think so. So, um, Spaced is is uh, is Simon Pegg, and it's a BBC minis- or uh, series. And uh, it's it has Nick Frost in it as well. And basically, Simon Pegg was supposed to star in this series, and his buddy Nick Frost, and he's like, "You should, you should be in it too." And Nick Frost never acted before at all. And uh, basically, Simon Pegg talked talked people into letting Nick Frost come on and be a character <laughs> in the series. And it's 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 really nineties. Yeah, it's uh, extremely. Uh, 1995, basically, uh, but it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I mean, they have um, you know, all the uh, all the 90s references that you'd imagine, and uh, Simon Pegg, and Nick Frost, uh, and that's for, uh, a fun one to check out. I believe it was. I believe I want to say it was directed by Edgar Wright as well. Really? Yeah, you'd have been young. Yeah, they would have been. They were all fairly young. Um, and it's funny because uh, Simon Pegg is kind of like the grungy. Rolling around on a skateboard, kind of, you know, 1995 dude, you know? And um, so anyway, pretty cool to check out. But uh, anyway, I'm looking forward to this new movie, uh, Slaughterhouse Rules. Mm. Um, Should be fun. That would be good to check out, yeah. So uh, toast to uh, Mr. Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Well done, sirs. Hopefully we're uh, singing his praises at the box office, too. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the... uh, Topic. Topic. Uh, and this week, uh, Glenn, there is a nationwide phenomenon mm-hmm. that is called pumpkin spice. First, we saw it at Starbucks. The PSL. You could get the uh, the latte, pumpkin spice latte. The pumpkin spice latte. I've been guilty of it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten the pumpkin spice before. I'll tell you, it was delicious. Yeah, it's really good. It's very good. <laughs> uh, and now, fortunately, that has sprouted out into the the tree has branches, the, the all over the place. Pumpkin, uh, and it's gone so far. The tree has gone so far as into Buffalo Wild Wings with a new pumpkin spice uh, wing flavor. Yeah, it's um, got it right here. Pumpkin ale, barbecue pumpkin ale, mm-hmm. wing flavor. Yeah, and then uh, you know everything else. There's pumpkin spice beers. There's pumpkin spice fries. Yeah. There's pumpkin spice yeah. t-shirts. There's pumpkin spice like cereal, like they're at, like uh, shredded wheat. I saw that the mm-hmm. other day. Yeah. Uh, basically, if you have something and it's food. Yep. In the in the fall, it becomes pumpkin spice. Yeah, like pumpkin spice burgers, cheddar, pumpkin spice <laughs> burger. Yeah, I, I'd try it. <laughs> pumpkin spice pizza. 
Oh my god. Ugh. Um, so anyway, Glenn, I look. I am excited about this. I think the more pumpkin spice things that are available, the better. Uh, so <laughs> really, yeah, that's pretty much all I want to say about that. Okay, okay, I'm for it. Where do I begin, Brian? First of all, this is causing a pumpkin shortage. Um, There's plenty of pumpkins out there. No, Brian, listen, I have it on good authority here. The Weather Channel. <clears throat> oh, the Weather Channel. Okay, that uh, is a reputable authority. Well. Let's just say that um, factors like everybody making pumpkin spice something mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. climate shifts that have played climate a role shifts. in smaller pumpkins mm. may have affected how much. Anyway, my point is is that the driving up costs on pumpkin now. Pumpkins, yeah. For us purists who just want to make a pie, right? Right. Just want to have a pumpkin. Well, pie. now let's talk. Well, let's talk about that. Okay. Pumpkin pies at Thanksgiving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're delicious. And... As God intended. That is driving up the price of the pumpkin spice. What? Driving up the price of... <sighs> Brian. Th- th- there was no pumpkin spice before pumpkin pie. It's an innovation. Think of taxis and Uber. <laughs> Think of... The pumpkin spice medallion system. MySpace and social networks. <laughs> there was space. No, yeah. <laughs> spice space. There was no, there was no, uh, there was no need until it was created. I, Look, it's like Ford said, you know, if you would have asked what my customers wanted instead of showing it to them, they would have said they wanted a new, uh, faster horse. Well, a pumpkin is not a horse, Brian. No, it's not. And pumpkin spice has jumped a shark. Fonzie has gone over the ramp. There's a sharp, like shark, ch- like chomping at him. Glenn, I am going to go to mm. Buffalo Wild Wings oh, as soon God. as we're done with this podcast, <laughs> and I'm going to order the pumpkin spice wings, and I'm going to eat them. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get you? a 24 pack, yeah, 20. and I'm going to slowly cry yourself to sleep. Yeah, with the well, not cry myself to sleep. <laughs> you will laugh be able myself to sleep. On the uh, aroma of the pumpkin spice buffalo wild wings, wings. I the, the the I can handle most things, right? I can handle the cereals, the lattes, but when we go to chicken wings, I, I have to draw a line. Mm. Chicken wings is is kind of that's a bold move, Cotton. That that is that's tough. Yeah, that's I, tough. I, it's really I can't get on, I can't get on board with that. Look, it's innovative. No, it's it's you know I understand you're kind of an older guy. And it's hard for you to to get yeah. change and stuff like my, that. You know, gray hairs coming in. You know, the millennials yeah. these days. Well, the, the, all they know is pumpkin spice wings. That's true. All they know. That's it. You know, <laughs> they're they grew up with it. That's true. You know what I mean? <clears throat> That's true. Like we don't. We're, we're we we didn't have this when we were. You know, it's true. Kids, we just had. We the didn't pies. have. Pumpkin. We had the latte, and that was it. <laughs> that was the new thing. That was all we had was the latte. But now we have wings, popcorn, burgers. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, pumpkin spice. Like I said, pizza. Yeah. I think that's on the horizon That'll sometime. Um, disgusting. Yeah, I I think it could be it could be a thing. So what's know. wrong with America? Pumpkin well, spice. I would say. Uh, no, I would say pumpkin spice is all that is right with America. It is. It's innovative. When it's used correctly. It's delicious. It's cost effective. Cost. It's good for the economy. <laughs> There's no tariffs on pumpkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Okay. All right. All right. You're Look, starting to win me over. D- here. Debate one. I'm just saying. You know. <laughs> All right. Pumpkin spice. Maybe. Maybe I'll have pumpkin a wing spice too. Beer. You need some pumpkin spice beer up in this thing. Have I? So I actually, my uh, I have a friend who's a brewer. Okay. A home brewer, and she makes pumpkin spice beer. Where she will go and buy a pumpkin pie and throw okay. it into the beer, and let it sit there and do its thing. Wow. And then uh, it says really good. I don't know how brewing works, but if you could just throw a pie into a vat of things and then it just tastes like pumpkin pie. It's pretty good. Then, well, that's pretty cool. Uh, she does it with cakes, you know, like wow, birthday cake beer, stuff like that. She just like throws a cake. Throws a cake? She's like a bake. No, she's, she <laughs> doesn't bake them. She just buys one and just chucks it in there. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Man. I, I haven't... I've kind of given like the oh man that sounds really good yeah kind of like but pause it's pretty weird well yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for her to be like sure Glenn here oh, take here, one so take one of those try yeah, a sixer right. of these yeah, yeah okay well but you don't have to take my word for it right yeah interesting okay well uh, clearly <clears throat> we've shown that pumpkin spice all over the world it's a creation that's taken over the nation and well worth it. Generation. It's been it's been a while since I've had a pumpkin spice latte. Actually, <laughs> it's, t- it's too sweet for me. I just can't. Too. I can't. I looked at somebody brought over, brought my wife over like the Starbucks bottles them now. They have pumpkin spice latte bottles, I guess. Yeah. And I was looking at it, and it has forty two grams of sugar. I mean, that's like pop. <sighs> yeah, that's pumpkin spice pop. You know, there was something about I had to get like three shots or something. Like really heavy coffee, yeah, yeah, to balance out the sugary part of it. Yeah, I don't know. It's been a long time. Keep it coming. Just keep it coming. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while, but there's there's something to it. Once in a while, it's it's kind of a good flavor to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well. Well. Anyway. Okay. Well, I guess we're gonna have to agree to disagree. Yeah, we will. I hope uh, there's enough pumpkin for me to have a pie this Thanksgiving. Well, if not, just know just some wings that it. All went to a good cause. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, and speaking of which, Glenn, it's time to talk about the uh, final segment of the Gentleman Podcast, which is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. And this week, mm-hmm. it's a little known fact that uh, the 1990s were actually the golden era of mm-hmm. Hollywood, Halloween, scary movie cinema. Yes. Uh, most experts agree that the 1990s were the uh, were were the pinnacle of scary movies uh, for many generations to come. You think so? Yes. Okay. I think that that's a consensus amongst okay. most movie experts. I'd agree. I think Siskel and Ebert uh, went to great lengths mm-hmm. to um, discuss how the 1990s were actually the uh, the most important <laughs> decade for scary movies. The golden uh, age. The golden age. I think future generations will look back on that mm-hmm. and agree. Uh, so, so given that knowledge, now that we know that's the case, Glenn, uh, I was curious what your favorite 1990s uh, scary movie was. Um, Brian, it's a easy choice for me because I haven't actually watched very many 1990s scary movies because okay. mm-hmm. I don't really like scary movies anyway and right. in the 1990s I would have been a young lad and that just wouldn't have gone over very well anyway so 25 or so yeah, yeah I was 25 mm-hmm. it was 
Just got out of college. Um, yeah. So, uh, but I have seen Silence of the Lambs, and I think that's my favorite. 90s scary movie. <laughs> That's an interesting choice. Yeah. I, interesting. Yeah. It's a very uh, highly decorated movie. It is. It is. Yeah. But I uh, like, uh, yeah, it was good. Tell me, Foster. Tell, me, tell me what you like about uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, well, mainly I like creeping my wife out by by going, <laughs> hello, Karit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Telling her I'll eat a, right. her, her kidney with a fine Chianti and a. <laughs> Some farva beans. There are some serious uh, one-liners in there yeah. that are she, hard to forget. She doesn't take it as a compliment, though, which is just astounding to That's me. That's a nice thing to say. Your right. I, mean, I would love to eat your kid. I mean, that, right. I would hope she'd want to do the same to mine. Exactly. I would agree. Um, yeah, I like Hannibal Lecter. He, mm-hmm. he was a great character. He won a lot of awards. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy who played him. Yeah. Whose name escapes Anthony, me? Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins, yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah. yeah. Oh, 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 and Buffalo Bob. Bill. Yeah, Buffalo Bill. Buffalo Bill. Yeah. Buffalo Bob was a restaurant that was in Lawrence. Uh, yep. Buffalo Bill. Yeah, but the yeah actually yeah he uh, yeah he had interesting. He was pretty interesting on screen. Let's put it that way. He had some interesting moments there. Silence of the Lambs was good. Mm-hmm. It was a good one. Won a lot of Academy Awards. Yeah. Do you think it should have, Brian? Well, you're a scary movie aficionado. I I am, and uh, you know it's uh, it's one of those highfalutin scary movies. You know what I mean. Yeah. They tried to make it, uh, you know, have good dialogue and right, right, a real story. And no all that chainsaws, stuff. no chainsaws, and all that. <laughs> uh, you know, I like I like Signs of the Lambs mm-hmm. quite a bit. You know, and there's there's a lot of things that went on in the '90s that I could have put on my list. Yeah, and I wrote some of them down. I thought so. Uh, Scream, both uh, number one and number four. Uh, were uh, extremely good. Scream um, is good. I, yeah. Four? I, I, I don't even know. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't even think I've seen four. I just I, Lynn, that's Lynn's favorite uh, scary movie. So yeah. I've seen all of them many times. Scream's but. good. Scream is good. That that could have made it. Blair Witch Project. I've never seen that one. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. That was a found footage originator yeah, yeah, right yeah. there. Uh, Sixth Sense. Yep, I have seen that one. That's good. That uh, you know, that's, that's okay. A is that a scary one. movie? Okay, I think so. I think okay. so. Suspenseful. Um, I know what you did last summer. It's a great movie. That would probably be second on my list. Really, <laughs> <laughs> Brian, you there's love a, the nineties for this. Yeah, that's a, that's a good story. That's a yeah. Army of Darkness. Bruce Campbell. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Faculty. Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood. As a high schooler battling uh, evil teachers that had become taken over in his town. Uh, a very good, it's a very grungy 90s thing. Interesting. Uh, but I have to say, Glenn, the top, top tier, it's very clear. It's absolutely 100%. I mean, this is like a clear mountain stream. Okay. 100% clear. The craft. Oh, you like the craft. The craft. I mean, okay. uh, this is the, this is 1990s horror cinema at its best. Hang on, is that which one is that? That's the one of the three sisters sisters that are two sisters, four girls, not sisters, four girls. They are. What am I thinking? Of? I believe Catholic schoolgirls, and they they actually become witches. Um, and they end up getting into a fight with each other. Oh. And crazy things happen. 
And um, I, I this is this is a, a landmark uh, cinema moment oh, in horror movies. What's her name is in this? Bruce uh, Balk. Nope. Uh, um, what's her name? Naomi? No, Naomi. Uh, uh, she's from Scream. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember her name. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. The it, chick from uh, Waterboy. Uh, that Bobby is, Boucher's that, that, uh, girlfriend. That is Balk. Okay, Fruzabalk. Yeah. 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 Um, so anyway, Glenn, this is this is high quality 1990s cinema. I've seen that one. Um, I'm shocked. I'm I'm just shocked, Brian, that Hocus Pocus never made your list. Well, I don't think Hocus Pocus is is the 90s, is it? Yeah, I think so. I think it's like 95. Uh, guessing, just guessing here. Hocus Pocus novel book. 1990. Oh no, that's the book. 93. 93. Okay. Well, Hocus Pocus would be up there. Hocus Pocus is good. Uh, yeah. I'm a fan of Hocus Pocus. I think a lot of people are. It's actually actually very enjoyable. I think I think people, everybody's a sh- Everybody, there's two people <clears throat> right. in the world. Yep. Okay. <laughs> there's the people that say I that love absolutes. They're, they're, they are fans of Hocus Pocus. Okay. And there's people that lie Let's and say, say that not. they're not fans of Hocus Pocus. Yeah, that's what's going on with Hocus Pocus. Everybody's a fan of Hocus Pocus. It's a good, it's a good horror movie. And I, I could have picked that one, but it would have been pretty obvious. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. The other day, Lynn was, she was like, "Where's that book of mine? I'm looking for this book." Book. <laughs> <laughs> she called for it. Didn't didn't work. Anyway. Well, I appreciate the reference. Bet Midler. I mean, oh, yeah. she, she does a really good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a little different role that she normally takes on, but yeah. And the lady from uh, the big fat Greek wedding. Yep. And then, what's her name from Sex in the City? Yes, I can't remember what her name is. Yep. But it doesn't matter. Her. That person. Yep. She's good. Very good. And the cat. Mm-hmm. And the cat. So. Uh, anyway, Glenn. Okay, so uh, the craft. Craft is okay. excellent cinema. I would say that of the '90s horror movies, this is well. It's not horror. It's kind of it's more of a thriller. I thought for sure you're going to say Gremlins. Gremlins is '80s. Is it '80s? Is Late '80s. 80s? Well, the original one was like 1984, I believe. Oh, and uh, the second one was 1989, I think 1989, 1988, okay. something like that. Um, so no Gremlins in the '90s. So you're not a fan of the Chucky uh, Empire? Chucky was... The original Chucky was in the 80s. And they had several sequels in the 90s. Mm-hmm. I remember those. Uh, no. And then, uh, you know, also, you know, Friday the 13th or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Those, Kruger, are both, those yeah. are both 80s franchises, that you know. Spilled into the 90s. <sighs> yeah, I mean, you know, so it's hard. I mean, the golden age is the 90s, so it's like, what do you... Uh, what do you do there, you know? But, uh... <laughs> Casper the Friendly Ghost? Yeah, well, that was up there. Uh, I think that's that's a 90s thing, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch. Yeah, there's a, a lot. lot of good. Mm-hmm. The Scream, and I know what you did last summer movies. Scream, especially. Scary movie? Mm? <laughs> Scary movie. <laughs> yeah. David Allen Cross? Yeah. Uh... Yeah. yeah. Scary movie. Um... Yeah, I know what you did last summer. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go watch that now. That's up there. I'm gonna have to say the craft is great <laughs> for a lot of different reasons. But I know what you did. 
last summer is good. Well, now I need to rewatch well. Craft. Mm. I haven't seen it in a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway. Okay, Glenn. Well, I'm glad we got that sorted out. We can, yes. we can finally come together and air our opinions outside of the hot-button topic and <laughs> both respect each other's That's views. Right. At the end of the podcast, we'll go smoke a cigar. That's right. All we write. Mm-hmm. Okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that was episode number 145. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to uh, hopefully all previous 144 episodes leading up to this. You're caught up, yeah. Um, and if you haven't, then please do. Go mm-hmm. back and listen to the 144 previous episodes. Uh, and uh, that means that... I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Stansbury. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to the episode tonight. We'll catch you in two weeks for episode number 146. A good night. Good evening. <laughs>